The church's liturgical year concludes with this feast of Christ the King, instituted by Pope Pius XI in 1925. This feast was established and proclaimed by the Pope to reassert the sovereignty of Christ and the church over all forms of government and to remind Christians of the fidelity and loyalty that we owe to Christ. The feast was also a reminder to the totalitarian governments at the time of Mussolini, Hitler, and Stalin that Jesus Christ is the only sovereign king. Christ, our spiritual king and ruler, rules by truth and love. We declare our loyalty to Jesus by the quality of our Christian commitment expressed in our serving of others with sacrificial and forgiving love and by our solidarity with the poor. In our first reading from Daniel, Christ is the fulfillment of the Son of Man. Dominion and glory are his as he reigns over all peoples and nations. In our second reading, Christ is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. In our gospel, Pilate asked Jesus directly, are you the king of the Jews? His answer, my kingdom does not belong to this world. Pilate is thinking of a worldly king, which is all he knows and understands, not the servant king described in scripture. The kingdom of God is the center of Jesus' teaching, and the phrase, the kingdom of God, occurs in the Gospels 122 times, of which 90 instances are used by Jesus himself. So where is this kingdom how is it discovered and understood? Here is a beautiful explanation given by Gerald Daring of St. Louis University Center for Liturgy. The kingdom of God is a space. It exists in every home where parents and children love each other. It exists in every region and country that cares for its weak and vulnerable. It exists in every parish that reaches out to the needy. The kingdom of God is a time. It happens whenever someone feeds a hungry person, or shelters a homeless person, or shows care to a neglected person. It happens whenever we overturn an unjust law, or correct an injustice, or avert a war. It happens whenever people join in the struggle to overcome poverty, to erase ignorance, to pass on the faith. The kingdom of God is in the past, in the life and work of Jesus of Nazareth. It is in the present, in the work of the church, and in the efforts of many others to create a world of goodness and justice. It is in the future, reaching its completion in the age to come. 
The kingdom of God is a condition. Its symptoms are love, justice, and peace. Jesus Christ is king. We pray today that God may free all the world to rejoice in his peace, to glory in his justice, to live in his love. Our life messages this week, first, we need to assess our commitment to Christ the King. As we celebrate the kingship of Christ today, let us remember the truth that Jesus is not our King if we do not listen to, love, serve, and follow where Jesus leads. We belong to Christ's kingdom only when we try to walk with Christ, when we try to live our lives fully in the spirit of the gospel, and when the gospel penetrates every facet of our life. If Christ is really king of my life, Jesus must be king in every part of my life, and I must let Christ reign in all parts of my life. We become Christ the King's subjects when we sincerely respond to Jesus' loving invitation, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Second, we need to give Jesus control over our lives. Today's feast of Christ the King reminds us of the great truth that Christ must be in charge of our lives, that we must give Jesus sovereign power over our bodies, our thoughts, our hearts, and our will. In every moral decision we face, there's a choice between Christ the King and Barabbas. And the one who seeks to live in Christ's kingdom is the one who says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Let us ask ourselves this question. What does Jesus, my king, want me to do or say in this situation? Are we praying each day that our king will give us the right words to say to the people we meet that day, words that will make us true ambassadors of Jesus. Third, we need to follow Christ the King's lesson of humble service to the truth. Christ has come to serve and to be of service to others. Hence, we are called to Christ's own service, service to the truth. The truth to which Jesus bears witness by his life and teaches us that God, his Father, is also our loving and forgiving Father. So we are all his children forming one body. Whatever we do for his children, we do for our King. For we are called to be a people who reach out to embrace the enemy and the stranger a people called to glory and diversity, a people called to offer endless forgiveness, a people called to reach out in compassion to the poor and to the marginalized sectors of our society, a people called to support one another in prayer, a people called to realize that we are not called to be served, 
but to serve. In other words, servant leadership is the model that Christ the King has given us. My brothers and sisters, Christ's kingdom is not of this world and neither is his peace. In today's gospel, Jesus states, for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. To which Pilate responds, which is not in today's reading, what is truth? This is the crisis in our secular world today. Many believe there is no such truth, only what they believe. There is no right or wrong, no good or evil, only their perceived truth and any means justified to achieve their truth is permissible. Anyone who believes that a political candidate of any time and place can, by himself or herself alone, truly bring God's peace to earth is incorrect. We are not created by our government. Our identity is much more than any world leader can give us. Our lives are owed to Christ and Christ alone. Some thoughts to ponder this next week. How is my life affected living under the kingship of Jesus. Do I give Jesus control over my life? What role does commitment to truth have in my spiritual life? And as my brother Knights say, Viva Cristo Rey. God bless you.